Jewish audio on Chabad.org. Good morning. We're on page Tuf Mem Zion, uh, beginning the second paragraph. We've been dealing with the idea of Chiddush. The idea of Chiddush comes our way by, by virtue of the Eved Pajit. His Avaida is a Chiddush, as opposed to the Avaida of the Eved Nemon and the Ben. So uh, the question is, before we get into the concept of what the question was raised actually before, since the um, Eved Nemon uh, and the Ben as well are involved to some extent in Birurim, it's a very lofty level of Birurim, much of it's Malamai Lamata, it's, uh, but nonetheless it is Birur, and Birur was identified with the idea of Chiddush. How come that the concept of Chiddush is not applicable to the Eved uh, Nemon uh, nor the Ben? Particularly the Neved, Eved Nemon, because after all he is an independent agent in a sense, that he's, he is... Uh, He's not bound be'etzem to the melech as the son is bound be'etzem to the father. Um, but he, his avoid, as lofty as it is, as important as it is, is, he is not credited with chiddush. So the question is, what is chiddush? The Rebbe then moved on to the concept of chiddush, which we have uh, heard many, many times, which we're familiar with, and that's the idea of yesh ma'ayin. Yesh ma'ayin is a chiddush. which is a chain of cause and effect, uh, an evolutionary chain of cause and effect is, is not is not a chiddush, because that alul is always to some extent already present in some way in the ila, and therefore as it emerges from the ila, <coughs> it's not <coughs> excuse me, it's not unexpected, and it's not truly unprecedented. Um, the inyan of yeshmain is unprecedented, uh, so we talk about the idea of yeshmain. Um, what comes into play is the union of Malchus. The uh, function of Yesh Ma'ayin operates through Malchus, through, another, through no, no other sphere. All the other spheres are along lines of Yilu Ol. The other spheres are along the lines of Gilui. They manifest or they, they are misposed or they, they uh, are uh, revelatory. Um, Malchus is not revelatory in the same sense. It's not the content. The content of Malchus does not belong to Malchus initially. Malchus has no content. Malchus is totally empty. Malchus is pojit. Sound familiar? Uh, because Malchus uh, is a special koyach, a koyach of etzem. She, Malchus, uh, the shorosh of Malchus is much higher than the other spheres. Malchus is representative of etzim. Etzim is heterospashtus. Gili and hispashtus are two different things. We talk about hispashtus or all, we can talk about it or forever. What can we say about etzim? We can't say anything because it's beyond, beyond gili. It's beyond any form of revelation. Uh, and therefore, it is non-expressive. It's, it, it, it is essentially behelem. It's a helem beetzim. Because its role, it's, it has no role. It has no, no uh, requirements. Um, it is what it is. Malchus shares that property of helam, of heterospashtus in a sense. Um, it has no particular qualities. It's not uh, seichel, it's not midas. It receives from seichel and midas. But Malchus, like etzem, as its representative of etzem, which is its shorish, 
Actually, technically speaking, on the level we're talking, the Shorosh of Malchus is Rad Law, which is the highest level of Panemius Akeser, Tachto and Shabbamitzel, if you like. Um, so Malchus has this Koyeche Etzem, and therefore is, is non, it's not involved in Giluim. It has nothing to do with revelatory emanations. It has nothing to do with emanations altogether. It receives. It receives from Zah. Uh, in certain respects, sometimes from Hub, uh, mostly from Zah, almost entirely from Zah. Zah is expressive, Zah is uh, revelatory. Zah will, will, will uh, a, a story will emerge from Zah. A complex hispashtus uh, uh, of, of, of Midas, Seichel Shubha Midas, different varieties of Midas, a, a rich range of revelation of divinity uh, will emerge from the from Zah, um, and that's exactly what it remains. It remains divinity. We're talking about Mal's Datsilis and Zah Datsilis. It remains Atsilis. It's Atsilistic. The, the relationship of the spheres of Atsilis are about that of the Iluva Ol, uh, that they emerge from each other, they are, they are informed by each other, they are close to each other, there's something of each in the other, um, and they are uh, a, um, a process of divine revelation in the realm of divine creation, in the realm of being, in the realm of, uh, of infinite expression, which is really what Zah is all about. Malchus is totally unexpressive. However, Zah, uh, whatever Zah emanates, whatever Zah glows with, as it were, uh, remains atzilistic. Atzilis is not a nivra, it's a netzel, it's an emanation, it's like or. Or is never detached from the ma'or. Um, so how from such a situation of gilui, of revelation, of divinity, could possibly emerge something that is so antithetical to divinity as yesh, uh, being that Zah is a product of Elavaol, that Atzilus is primarily a product of Elavaol, Atzilus is all, all of it. Or in Seif comes with Derek Simpson, no question, no question about that. But it's still Elavachayechad, Elavachayechad. The answer is Malchus. Malchus receives Giluim. She is a recipient, she's a Kois. But she is able to take these Giluim and bring them into reality. She's able to re- reify them, to objectify them, to turn them into something called Metzius. Metzius is alien to Etzilus. It's alien to Ein Saif. It has no presence there. It has no, uh, there's no concept of Metzius in Etzilus. Uh, it is all or. It's or Ein Saif. It's miyuchid with Ein Saif. It is an oilem of Yehudi Elah. Malchus is able to take the endless profusion of, re- of divine revelation and turn it into a something. That's something comes from what? It comes from nothing. It comes from Atsilas. The something that comes through Malchus has no concept of Atsilas. Has no, his, his wildest imagination cannot begin to uh, grasp Atsilas. That's why Atsilas is iron. This is iron shel hayesh nivra. This is iron with respect to the nivra, to the bria, to the, the Metsias that uh, it gives rise to by way of Malchus. So Malchus is a koyach yesh and that koyach comes from Etzim. Only God can, can create yesh ma'ayin. Uh, 
Um, and uh, Malchus then reflects this koyach. <clears throat> why? Because Malchus is on the bottom. Well, I shouldn't say why, but this explains to a large extent. Malchus is on the bottom. Malchus is the last of the spheres. Malchus is the bottom of the line. Um, it's the lowest of all spheres. And therefore, the principle of Netzlos and Besaifen, Saifen and applies here. That the Tehila is found Mamish in the Saif. It's the same idea as. Uh, um, uh, um, what am I thinking of? Uh, not Olba Machshava. Um, um, it'll come to it's, it's such a, a well-known common expression. Um, but the point is that Saif Maisa, sorry, excuse me, it's a senior moment, of which I have many. Saif Maisa, the end of Maisa, uh, uh, is Machshava Tchila, is the first in Machshava. By Machshava here, we do not mean Machshava as a lavush, we mean Machshava as an, a willed intent. The beginning of all, above all, it's above all, it's not part of all, it's not simply a system which has the top of the system. The, the top of the system emerges from this Machshava, this Olba Machshava, this, this, this Ratzon, this, this, this concept of desire and will. Everything emerges from there. Um, and this tchila then gives rise to all things. Well, that tchila, that concept of tchila, tchila is the creator, the emanator, that the koyach of the tchila is found in Saif Maisa, in the end, which is on a level already of action. And that is what, what uh, Malchus is all about. Um, now, of course, the thing is that we've spoken here of, uh, of the uniqueness. Here we view, we're using Atsilas and Bria uh, as our frame of reference at the moment. Yeah. Bria then would be Yesh, even though it's not much of a Yesh, it's Efshirus and Metsias. It's not a Metsias the way we think of or know of, 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 of Metsias. It is lofty and abstract and unimaginable. Uh, it's, it's beyond human, the human mind to even imagine Bria. Uh, and the unities in Bria. Nonetheless, within Bria, which is only Efshiris and Metzius, a possibility of Metzius, a medium, let's say, in which it's possible that there could be Metzius can arise, um, with respect to Atzilis, it's a stone. It's, it's already, that's a Metzius. Efshiris and Metzius, no Efshiris and Metzius and Atzilis. There's no concept of Metzius and Atzilis. So Malchus has taken Atzilis, Malchus uh, Datsilus, Nasa Kesser, Libria. It becomes now a Kesser of Bria. Uh, and Kesser is a, the Ratzen for, for Bria and the manifestation of, uh, of all the, uh, the Gilim of Atsilus into a realm of at least, least potential Metzius, potential independence, potential. Efshirus and Metzius. So we see that, wow, so Yeshman is not, not exactly uh, a black and white thing. It's, um, there you've got the Yesh, the Ayan of Atsilis, and you have the Yesh of Bria. You have Malchus in, in every oilam. And to some extent, Malchus is conveying the process of Yeshma Ayan. This is what's called the union of Hishtalshul Sekhsarm, that the power of Yeshma and Malchus and, and Kesser are two sides of the same coin. This this is inserted at focal points throughout Seder Hishtalshlis, Kesser de Bria, Kesser de Yitzira, Kesser de Asiya, 
And therefore we can say, well, you know, this yesh ma'ayin is not exactly absolute. So is this really a good idea for a Kiddush? The Bria is a gewaldige Kiddush with respect to Atzilus. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a singularity with respect to Atzilus because there's no Matzilus at all, no concept Matzilus and Atzilus. But, you know, you have the same process. Uh, you, you can define your ayin at different levels, which means that the yesh is going to be different levels as well. As well. Uh, so when we talk of Yeshma'ain, the essence of Yeshma'ain, the Ikr of Yeshma'ain, we want to talk about absolute Yeshma'ain. Where are we going to find absolute Yeshma'ain? We are going to find absolute Yeshma'ain in Oilam Ha'asiyah. Why? Because that is the bottom. There is nothing beyond. It is a, uh, a the, there's, there's no Metzius, more Metzius stick than a C. You can't, that's, that's it. It's the end of the line. And therefore it's an absolute so from the ruchnius that precedes the actual physicality and palpability of asiya to asiya is an absolute in yeshma'in and it's a chiddush beyond all chedushim. It is not a relative chiddush, it's an absolute chiddush. It's not a relative yeshma'in, it is an absolute yeshma'in. Um, if you picture in your mind the uh, concept, uh, geometric concept described by the Arizal, in terms of tzimtzum you have... Uh, endless, endless orange. So if you have a circle, the inter- inside of which, or the internal aspect of which, is uh, is the tzimtzum, is the uh, is the whole makomponui, the the, the an, a dimension void of any giluim whatsoever, which allows now the ein soif dimension, the the revelation of ein soif has been withdrawn. Uh, there's a circle, uh, Eagle Haggadol, which is represented by a circle. Eagle means circle. And emerging from that circle is a, a thread, a kav, a line. That's what kav means. And the kav descends. So now that with this kav, there is a revelation within this void, which is sequential. Which there's an up, there's a down. The concept of space, and to a certain extent, time is already now be, become a reality, very, very abstract reality, very theoretical reality, but it's a reality. So what happens to that line? That line descends the whole Seder Ishtalshalis. It's the backbone, the core, the soul of whole, all Seder Ishtalshalis. It ends. There's a point at the bottom. It's a radius. It's not a diameter. There's the, at the point, very point of the radius, the center of that circle where that line stops, uh, there is nothing else. That's, that's an absolute end. Uh, and that gives us some idea of the uh, absoluteness and the um, completeness of the concept of, of yes. There's no other, no other possibilities. It is the end of the line. There is no, it is not an ill to any ol. It is not a cause to any effect. It is what it is all about. What was the, originally Hashem had in mind uh, is uh, uh, is uh, is in Soif Maisa. That is Soif Maisa. Okay. So now let's move on to this concept of Yeshma'ayin. They're Mishalim. Now, of course, the question is, how can there be Mishalim for Yeshma'ayin? Yeshma'ayin, by definition, is uh, a chiddish. It's a singularity. It's unique. It's incomparable to any other process of Gili Helam, of Vil of Ol, of Sibba Suva, whatever we can think of. This is just beyond. Well, nonetheless, there are Mishalim for it. Um, they're difficult. They're not easy to get a handle on. Uh, we have trouble relating to them. But nonetheless, we have Mishalim. And these Mishalim, we can uh, at least rough out a sense for ourselves of this, of this concept. 
So we begin with the second paragraph. Dine hadugmalazet hu ma sha onuroim sha oris hagashmius nimza ba koyachis hajus. What's our marshal? Our marshal is Mother Earth. Um, Mother Earth has the capacity, we find in Mother Earth the capacity of Hishadshus. Now again, keep in mind this is a mushal, it is not the nimshal, so it's not going to be perfect, can't be perfect. If it were perfect, if it were truly, the earth were truly capable of emissary yeshma ayin, so then the nimshal and the mushal would be the same, there wouldn't be a mushal, it would be part of the nimshal. So it is a mushal, and it's stated as such both here, and of course in uh, Tanya, where it's uh, developed to, to, to a large extent, Karayv le'inyan yeshma'ayin. It is uh, his hachus close to the idea of yeshma'ayin. Now yeshma'ayin, again, it's a, it's a marshal, it's a, um, an, an analogy, very uh, close analogy. But, so the Rebbe says it is close to the inyan of yeshma'ayin, which is to say it's not really yeshma'ayin, but it will give us some insight into yeshma'ayin as Mishalim give insight into the nimshal. Yoiser mebashemayim. It's found uh, close, closer to the idea of yeshma'ayin uh, than the heavens. Well, what's the point of this? Here, the idea of closeness is not simply a matter of it's close to the nimshal, but the idea is that yeshma'ayin, if you're looking for a mushal for yeshma'ayin in, in the universe, look at the earth. Do not look at the heavens. Not in a physical sense, not in a spiritual sense, do not look at the heavens. You will not find the concept of Yeshma'ayin in the heavens. You will find the concept, a good marshal for Yeshma'ayin, you will find it in, on earth, which, of course, is um, a little counterintuitive because everything Lamaila reflects that, everything Lamata reflects its source Lamaila. The heavens are higher than the earth, and therefore you would expect that that which is higher the heavens and the various dimensions and levels of the heavens of the, of, the, of, the cos, of the cosmos or the spiritual dimensions of heavens which the Rebbe will talk about a little bit later on in terms of the Hecholes and what have you uh, you would imagine well wait a minute that's, that's much higher that's far more intense that is closer that is, that is more uh, that is closer to the source than, than the earth the earth is humble bottom of the line earth that's what it is. So, um, but again, given this principle, nuts, plus, and besoifen, the, uh, uh, the, the ends are wedged in their beginnings and their beginnings and their ends from uh, Sefer Yitzirah, we have to look at this humble earth that we walk on, this, this, this earth that we live in. Shahagam, Hashemayim, Gvayim, Minaretz, even though the heavens, however you want to look at them, are higher than the earth from the most ethereal level of Shemaim to the most ordinary, namely the physical physical Shemaim. Kamoish Kosuv, Kigvoya Shemaim Alaretz, as the heavens are higher than the earth, uh, it's a, a Pasuk. So the, clearly from Pasuk alone, the heavens are higher than the earth. Uksiv Shemaim Leroim. The Shemaim, oh, that's for, for elevation, that's for, for distance, for length, for, for, for elevation. For, for loftiness in the earth, well, that's for depth. Nonetheless, in the Shemayim, there's no concept of Shemayim, no matter how you want to look at Shemayim. Uh, in any way whatsoever, in any form at all. We see um, with 
with our actual eyes. This is a palpable muscle, presumably. Presumably, that's what the Rebbe's telling us. Shahashemayim, the whole Savam, the Shemayim and all of its uh, host, whatever's in the Shemayim, the Kaychavim, um, the stars in the Mazalais. I'm not exactly sure what Mazalais are, but they are part and parcel of, of the heavenly realm, of the, uh, the cosmological heavens, as it were. Hema Oimdim. Uh, they've been there from day one uh, from the beginning of time the Shemaim was uh, accorded a population of stars and zealous and what have you uh, their position, their movements and their behavior is predetermined by the creator they're a product of the will of the creator and once they're set in, in motion as they were during that's it, they don't change they don't diminish, they don't uh, increase, they don't uh, alter in any way at all. The behavior is not altered, it's, it's uh, permanent. Bleetisis without any kind of addition, which is to say the number of stars you had it during Shesimabrashis is the number of stars you got now. Umagaris klal v'klal, or diminution, they don't, they don't, do not die. Now, um, we in our generation have, might have difficulty with this. In fact, we do have difficulty with this. Um, this mashal, this idea, is not uh, one with which we are accustomed to think. We have been, um, I don't want to use the word corrupted, it's not a bad word though, we are influenced very, very much by scientific observation. Now scientific observation will tell you, presumably, that stars are born <coughs> and stars die. Stars disappear. This is a constant state of, uh, of flux in the universe. Well, how are we to compare that with what the Torah is clearly telling us? That uh, the number of stars you began with and the number of stars you end with. The problem is the assumptions that, the, that science makes. They're un- unwarranted assumptions. Uh, there are givens that aren't, are not valid givens. So, for example, if you consider... Um, the present view of the universe to reflect a 12 billion year history, well, that's the conclusion you come to. However, if one understands time in a much more meaningful way, in a much more sophisticated, profound way, uh, and we consider all of existence ultimately uh, as uh, encompassed in 6,000 years, so you say, well, you know, the astronomers found a star that's formed. They don't find stars that are forming. You can't see a star form. Uh, one, I looked this up. One of the estimates is that for a star to begin to form requires a half a billion years. Well, I don't see any astronomer sitting at his telescope uh, for a half a billion years watching this thing come into existence. Uh, if the absolute reality of time which is a whole other subject. I'd love to discuss it, but we don't have time. If the reality of time is 6,000 years, and in accordance with the uh, appearance, you have something that would require uh, uh, half a billion years, well, it is what it was. At its creation, it was becoming a star, and now it's becoming a star. Nothing happened, nothing changed. Just simply quantitatively, 6,000 over half a billion is nothing. It comes to nothing. There's no process. There's no movement. There's no, no development at all. It's, for all intents and purposes, static. Um, so 
this is the idea, but, but even more than that, all of these assumptions are made, first, first of all, on static images, because they must be that way. They're made on the basis of extrapolation, which is the most unscientific method possible for determining the reality of something. Um, and they are uh, on the basis of observations which are, in, uh, are necessarily indirect. Uh, these are not objects which we have any direct relationship to. Whatever we can perceive in this universe is electromagnetic irradiation, nothing more than that. So we're assuming that there's a star out there and that the light took uh, uh, 12 billion, uh, let's say 5 billion years to, or 5 million, whatever, how many light years it takes to reach the Earth. Um, that's an absurdity. I'll, according to the, the fundamental philosophical limitations of science, it's an absurdity. More than that, very simple, that uh, the Rabbeinu Shalom's clear, and it's not, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure this out, when the Rabbeinu Shalom made the Earth, he made it complete. So if you see a star out there in the universe, which some, someone's going to tell you down the line, oh, you know, something that came into being, that light that you're seeing now, it's not really the star. It's light that left the star five million years ago. That's what you're seeing, but the star still exists, and that you don't even know. Um, that's an absurdity because as the Rabbanish only made the star, he made the light, he made the star to be perceived as it is. This is obviously very brief. There's a lot to be said on this. Uh, um, there is a lot of brainwashing that we have undergone in our generation and previous generations, particularly in previous generations. So coming a little bit clearer now. Um, so this is not, I, I don't want to get into this any further, but the fact of the matter is that the universe, the Heavens are static, uh, and there's no problem with that. We have no difficulty with that. We may have personal problems with it because we've been brainwashed through high school, university, maybe graduate school, but that's, it's, it's very, um, if one is uh, determined to look to the reality, it's, it's simply not problematic. Anyway, there's, no, there's been no change. Um, well, there is a change. You know, Halley's Comet comes around only so often, and uh, the, the whole concept of change is change. The the uh, orbit of the moon around the Earth uh, uh, is there because of, and that's what we, we base our months on, our, we base our calendar on that. There is change, but the change is eternal. The path of the moon is eternal. It is, uh, uh, it is not subject to any alteration whatsoever. So we look at the heavens and we do not see shinuyim. We don't see addition, we don't see diminution, and we don't see change. She'ein and negroyim b'koychem u'mesparam. They do not change. The tzvois ha'shemaim do not change in terms of, or do not diminish either in their, the power and the, uh, with which they move through the universe, nor in their numbers. As it's written uh, in Tillim, lift your eyes and, and, and see who made these, namely the, the hosts of the heaven. Um, he brings them forth according to number. The implication being is that he's designated a specific number, and that's how they're brought forth, and that's how they stand. That's what he wants. Meroiv, Oinim, through uh, the, the vastness of his power and the strength of his, uh, of his power, of his, his, uh, his force. There's nothing um, is lost. Nothing diminishes, nothing, nothing uh, 
deteriorates. Shehain kayomim be'ish, they are established, whatever is created in what we refer to the heavens, are established be'ish, v'kayomim b'min, and are established according to categories. Bish means that every individual is eternal and permanent. B'min means that every species is uh, permanent and eternal. A mushal below, uh, in this world, things do disappear. You know, a, a bird is born, lives, and it dies. A person is born, lives, and, and dies. Uh, but the species, the, the category or the class, let us say, of birds or fish or even the subclasses are there forever. So the constancy of uh, that, so that's there, what it means to be Kayim uh, B'min. Um, In the heavens, they are Kayim B'min, yes. The stars stay stars, planets are planets. Um, the concept of a swirl of gas becoming a star is not an Indian. So the swirl, swirl of gas is the swirl of gas. A star is the star, um, and they're makayim beish that the every individual entity in the shemayim uh, remains as is and remains permanent and eternal. How are you? Hazokim kiyoyim habarim. They they have the same force power um, that they had the day that they were created. The kedisa berushalmi. It's written berushalmi. So this is a Rebbe quotes of Yushalmi, but he doesn't bring it, uh, it actually does not bring the text of the Yushalmi in this mimer. Ah. Okay, so thus far we have emphasized the fact that none of these entities uh, are in any way in any way diminish, um, which is a little bit in counter, counterintuitive for us because things run down. Second law of thermodynamics, things tend to run down. These do not run down, they do not diminish, not qualitatively, not quantitatively. What the Reb's saying now is something uh, uh, um, related, but not the same thing. Not, they not only do not diminish, they do not increase either. There are no uh, additions. There's nothing additional. Ki ma'oylem loy nishadish There has never been a new star. It's what was Sheshimei Bracious, that's what you got now. Nothing, in other words, since Sheshimei Bracious, nothing has been added to the hosts of the heaven. Oi mazel berikia hashemayim or for that matter mazel, whatever they are in the, uh, in the rikia in the, in, the, in the cosmic heavens as we would say. So there's been no diminution there is no um, no diminution and there is no addition, there's no increase and therefore it is static uh, in, a, in a very real sense. Obviously not static because everything is moving, but the movements themselves are determined, and that's according to natural law, which is also eternal and immutable. Benoisif al hamisper hakutsiv, the addition on the uh, numbers of, 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 of uh, heavenly bodies that have been designated, lefi seder habriyosim. So there's been no addition, there has been no, I'm sorry, there's been no diminution, there has been no addition um, with respect to the amount and the number of, of heavenly bodies that were designated at the time of creation. It's a given. The at at the very outset of, of being. Ma shaloi hoi betchilis habriya. Uh, that were not there at the beginning of Bria. In other words, whatever was there at the beginning of Bria is there now. Simple as that. 
Shaimer, Yehi Ma'ires Berkia. This is one of the the, the, the Rani Shalayim brought into being through the concept of Dibur, uh, that uh, uh, there shall be the, the lights in the heavens. Once you got that, that's the end of the story. Likewise, not only the entities which populate Shemayim and Rekiah, uh, there's no increase or diminution. In the Shemayim itself, there is no increase or diminution. Shaloi Nesaisif Baor Atzma Etzem Mahusai Dover. There is no alteration in the very essence of the or which is invested in the Rikia and within its uh, occupants, there's been no change at all. Rak Oisei Habriya Shahoyu Boy Bekoichavimum Zaylis. Um, it's the same Bria, um, that which in it are the the Kaychavim, the stars and the Mazoyles, the Seder Matzavim Umaholachim, in the way that they were established and, and set, um, and in their patterns of movement, Kachema. Thus, they are uh, they are now. Bli Tysis or Grain, without addition, without diminution in any way whatsoever, Bli Shinui Clouds. That's the, the bottom line. There, are, there is no alteration uh, whatsoever. Ukumaike, who Badalad Yasidis. The same thing is true of the Dalad Yasidis. Offer, Ruach, Mayim, and I'm sorry, Esh, Ruach, Mayim, the Offer. These are the Dalajasides. Earth, Ruach, air, Mayim, water, uh, and, uh, and I'm sorry, Esh, fire, Ruach, uh, uh, air, or, uh, Mayim, water, and Offer um, is, is the uh, earth. Those are the four essential um, elements of which physicality is constructed. Uh, and not only physicality is constructed, but the semi-physicality of worlds which are higher than this world also have the same paradigm. These con- concept of the Dalajasites uh, uh, are applicable in higher levels as well. It's just they don't manifest themselves uh, in a physical way. This is part of the Eshmaim we have to talk about later. Ukamai Shehain Bereshis Habriya. They are the same as they were at the beginning of Bria. Loin is chadish bahem, dover liois amaylidim, dover chadish. From there is no chidish First of all, they, they are what they are. They are only four. They're not five. They're not six. They're not three. They are what they are. <coughs> Their characteristics, qualitatively, are exactly as they are, as they have not been changed. Again, we are biased. Um, we are, are, are biased by the brainwashing that we have undergone through our quote-unquote educations. From some of us, many of us perhaps, as... Uh, Mark Twain said, "Don't let education get in the way. Don't let schooling get in the way of your education." Well, here's a case of where schooling does get in the way of our education because we cannot objectively approach this subject in a truthful way. Because from day one, uh, we have been told otherwise. There are four elements. We are talking about this whole periodic chart. That's the essence of physical being on the lower, on the most, on the most simplistic level. On the 19th century level, at least, is a periodic chart of elements. What are you telling me? There are four elements. Well. Just to give a, 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 a little bit of a slightly different spin, um, when I was in university, the, uh, the worst course I ever took, worse in terms of being absolute agony, I mean, it was just beyond me, 
was physical chemistry. Physical chemistry, according to physical chemistry, when I took it, granted it was not, uh, it was a few years ago, but it wasn't so long ago as to be uh, still the basis and heart of physical chemistry. When I took physical chemistry, there were four elements. There was gas, there was liquid, there was solid, and there was energy. That's all there was. The whole course, the laboratories, every single lab through the entire year was all that. It was boiling and freezing water or condensing gas or melting ice or whatever. The whole thing was, the, the course was based on a frame of reference, choosing to say, you know something, we are looking at reality in a different way. We're interested in energy changes. We're interested in entropy. And when you're interested in, en in entropy and, and the concept of energy dissipation, or energy concentration, you deal only with these dimensions of solid, liquid, gas, and energy. That's what you're dealing with. And therefore, in the world of physical chemistry, at least the way it was then, there were four, four elements perfectly valid. No one argued about it. No one thought, well, come on, that's medieval. Oh, no, it was not medieval. Trust me. Um, again, just to give you an idea that many of these, these mishalim, with which we're not comfortable, we're, we're not comfortable with them because we're predisposed by prior experience, which has not been the greatest. Uh, only that, just as um, as they, oh, I'm sorry, yeah. Uh, 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 sorry, I've got lost here, okay. These are what they are. This is the, from the beginning of Bria. This is what you got. You got offer, you say to offer. You say to incidentally, the say to offer is not offer. Same way you say to Aish is not Aish. It is, it, is um, it is the fundamental source or the fundamental root, the spiritual or theoretical root. I don't know theoretical implies not real. It is the abstract root of what ultimately becomes physicalized or gives rise to the physical expression of Aish. It's a kayach, it's a, a fundament, it's a yusoid, after all. Uh, and therefore, being a yusoid, it can give rise to any manifestation of Aish that you can think of. The yusoid offer can give rise to any manifestation of solid uh, that you can think of. Uh, and we find blends of these different yusoides in every being that exists. Shahin, uh, as they were at the beginning of creation, that's the way they are now. Uh, there's been nothing new in them. Nothing has been born new. Born Again, being born here implies something that didn't exist before. Just as they are now, that's the way they came into existence when they were created. The Yisoyda Eish, for example, will uh, give rise to Aish, will be a cause, let's say, depending upon wh what level of Yisoyed you want to look at. But it ultimately will be the cause of Aish. It will not be the cause of a stone. It will not be the cause of water. It will not be the cause of something beyond what we can see at present or, or what we can know. It is, it is a Ashulia Koyach, uh, infinite Koyach for all manifestations of Aish. We can think of it as energy, perhaps. If you want, that's not a terrible thing. All manifestations of Aish in this world, heat, light, are, are from Yusoid Aish. It cannot and does not give rise to anything other than Aish. 
Klal. Vechem b'yisoyed amayim, same thing is true of b'yisoyed amayim. B'yisoyed haruach, b'yisoyed haruach likewise. B'yisoyed ha'ofer, and b'yisoyed ha'ofer as well. Kulam b'mohusam shagam b'harachavosam bilti shinui chidish klal. As they are, what they are, they themselves, and they're very muhus, they're composites, what they bind with, uh, are always, it's the same story from the day of, of creation till the, the present moment. Klaal, mamish. Ukamai b'malachim, so that, this is, where, this is so much for Hasidic physical chemistry. That's, we're, we're, we're finished with that marshal at the moment. Now we move on to the concept of Shemayim, which is a little bit more ethereal. Ukamai b'malachim, likewise, with malachim, with angels. Elyonim, the higher malachim, the angels above the marshal. Shehema oindim m'sheshibreshis. They are from the six days of creation. When they were, they were made, uh, and the way they are now, it's the same, the same group. It's the same. No, no one has changed. They have not changed the min, and they have not changed the ish. Loi yisaisfu v'loi yigrow. They have not increased. They're not an increase in number or in quality, nor is there a, a deterioration or a loss of uh, a number or quality. K'mosh kosmach is explained elsewhere. The neshamas halukim. Uh, here we have an interesting concept. We talk about spiritual beings. We, we, we are malachim, I'm sure, actually the truth is we meet them all the time. The room's filled with them, but uh, we don't relate to them because they do not manifest themselves ordinarily in, in the, the realm of the physical. Uh, Nishamas, we have a concept of because we've got them. We, they are our very core, as it were. Um, but nonetheless, there's a, there's, even though both are spiritual in a sense, they, they partake of the same uh, descriptors in a sense, in a sense. Uh, nonetheless, uh, neshamas are radically different from malachim. Uh, uh, why? Neshamas mamish have a power of hoiloda, a power of giving birth. A person... Um, uh, of, of cloning themselves, as it were, of, of creating new neshamas, of bringing newness. They have a because uh, every neshama is 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 rooted in a chelik elokama malmamish. That is the tchila of that neshama. Therefore, the neshama participates or has a capacity of, of bringing newness into being uh, through through the creation of. of uh, of of other of, of new neshamas as it were, um, we of course we keep in mind that most of us are not new neshamas. Most of us are uh, recycled. Most of us are gilgulim, and this probably isn't the first gilgul either. Um, there are new neshamas. We look in uh, Lakute Diborn, the description of the birth of the Alter Rebbe, uh, the tremendous excitement, the the, the unbelievable thrill. Uh, and joy of the Baal Shem Tov when it, he realized that there's going to be a new neshama brought into this world, uh, a neshama that has not been here, not a recycled neshama. Uh, this is something unusual. And this is characteristic of neshamas. There's no such thing as a new malach, uh, born of a malach or, or in any other way. There are no new malachim. We'll see a, a contradiction to this in a minute, but it's not a real contradiction, as we'll see. Ukamoy Avram Hoyli Das Yitzhak, Avram gave birth to Yitzhak. Vien Khan 
uh, you don't have this by Melachim. Melachim do not give birth to independent entities which reflect their etzim. Here's the contradiction. That the Melachim of Bria uh, are branched off of Melachim, uh, I'm sorry, branched off um, Shaha Melachim de Bria, Mistapim, Melachim Biyatsira. The Melachim of Bria have a relationship with the Melachim of Yitzira. The Melachim of Yitzira, at least many of them, are from the Melachim of Bria. Well, is that not giving birth to Melachim? The, the answer is no. They are not the process of Hiddish, the process of Hiddish does not exist. It's a, it's a um, a branching or a sparking, so a malach of Bria, extensions of that very same malach, blishinui, but uh, bederach tzimtzum, will come into Yitzira, and therefore it's really the same malach in a different lavush, in a different garb. V'zehu rak ham bilvad. It's only a sparking off or a ham shocha from Bria to Yitzira. It's not new, it's not a birth, it's not a, a, new, a new malach. Ukamayish and Mikol, Habakhina's Bria, Mistapim, as all of Bria in a way is, uh, is a branch uh, of Ukamaykain, be Yitzira, similarly by Yitzira. Um Yitzira Lebesiyam, Yitzira to a Siyam. So we'll go back for a minute. From the totality of Bria, Mestapim, there is branching. So again, the whole thing really is a matter of Bila if you want to look at it in that way. Um, but it's not that the Malachim of Bria or, or Yitzira uh, are able to uh, create an independent entity that, that is of their very muhus. They can give off sparks. They can, uh, you know, it's like the, um, it's like the slime mold. <laughs> Abdullah of Abdullahs. It's, a, it's, like, a, uh, it's a, like a worm. Uh, and it crawls around, and when it's time for it to want to reproduce itself, uh, it breaks up, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a single structure with many, many different nuclei in it. It breaks up into little unicellular organisms that all now spread out and form new slime molds. Uh, the, the capacity to form new slime molds, if I assume that's the way it works. So this is Klavaprat, this is not Yeshma Ayin. Uh, they are not, it's not that these little unicellular organisms are now creating, they, they gather together, they become a, a single structure, a single entity. It's all, it's all Yeshma Ayin, it's all Ilva'ol, it's all a chain of cause and effect. What does this mean in terms of our discussion now? It means that there is nothing really additional. This branching does not cause an essential uh, something new, something that wasn't there before. It was there before, but and before it was uh, part parcel of one entity, and now it's branched off or, or sparked off to become an expression of that entity in a variety of pratim. That's all that's happened. Umash yesh mulachim shemeschachim b'cholyam. Oh, well, we have an objection here. What about those mulachim which are created daily, every single day? Ukiyadua, the Indian. 
Yoitzer Meshar Sub, the union of that the he creates angelic servants. Angelic servants are created. Bezehu Mash and Meshavim Mebirure Hanitzutzay Shalomata. They don't come from nowhere. They're not Yeshma'im. They're the product of Birurim of Natutzay Shalomata. Nichal Vchinis Malchus, which become included in in Malchus. We know every time we do a mitzvah, endless things happen, amazing things happen. One of the things that happens, we already discussed in previous Maimorim, the idea of the Hamshacha, a mitzvah seseh of a makif akarov, mitzvah seseh makif rochaik, very, very high level. On a, on, on a lower level, on a somewhat lower level, Molochim come into being whose life force is that nitzus which has now been uh, redeemed. So it's been there. Uh, it is now operative in terms of expressing itself on, in many, many different ways. One way is that malachim are created. We know this very well. When a person does a mitzvah, uh, a malach is created. A person does a mitzvah, he, get, he gets them for, for himself uh, one, one, uh, uh, one proponent. He does a vera chas v'shalom, he gets for him, he gets himself one adversary. So malachim are created from these birurim, but again, it's not yesh ma'ayin. There's a process, it's a designated process, a complicated process, looks a little bit like yesh ma'ayin, but in fact, there's no real chiddush here. This, from day one, the world has been planned in a way such that malachim could be, uh, come into existence from, from nutsutzais of toyu in this, in this particular way. They are they become elevated and included within within Malchus. Okay, I think what we'll do is end here, and Mitzvah Shem will will begin uh, next time.